Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies. Touchdown, 49ers. What's up, 49er faithful? We are back with another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. I am Zane Nappy, as always, with Al Sacco, and it is unfortunately not a victory podcast. It's a what the hell just happened podcast. I think we are essentially calling time of death on the 2020 season, and it's just been the most 2020 thing ever with the events that followed the Seattle game. And it was another embarrassing loss in Seattle, another loss that had injuries piling up, another loss that gave us more questions than answers. Basically, your typical time that you play in Seattle, everything that, except for last year, what happened, that's basically what it was, Al. You know, I always thought this Super Bowl hangover for the Super Bowl loser curse thing, whatever it was called, is a little bit overrated. But if I didn't believe in curses coming into the season, maybe, maybe it's just a 2020 thing. I don't know. I, the past, whatever, 28 hours, whatever it's been, we're recording this podcast on a Monday evening, has just been unbelievable i can't even put it into words for the niners from the performance that we saw yesterday to the injuries that again again i've never seen a team and if someone knows of a team please point it out to me tweet it to me whatever you got to do but i've never seen a team with injuries like this ever it's beyond comical at this point from bosa to sherman to garoppolo to moster to kittle to debo just keep going on and on and on it's just it's utterly ridiculous i've never seen anything like it and it's beyond frustrating and i always say for the niners like look i was in in high school when the Niners won their last super bowl when i was a little kid they were winning so i guess this, this thing's a little less for me but for the newer 49er fan the younger 49er fan who's been kicked in the in the balls more is a fan base this team is either awful god awful or they're awesome and they lose in the worst most frustrating way possible and that's the championship games and the super bowls these l- blowing leads Losing at the end, Kyle Williams fumble. We've just you guys have been through so much. And the older fans like me have again, it's it's a little things a little less because we have seen the glory days, but you guys have been through so much. You haven't had a quarterback since Steve Young. Jeff Garcia was here what three years, three full years, something like it wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. And now it looks like Jimmy's on his way out. We're gonna get to that because I have a lot to say about Jimmy. But the frustration right now for me is just it's beyond Jimmy. It's just I I can't believe. I can't believe the way the season's gone. I said in our, our preview podcast that all, I mean, it would have to be an awful worst case scenario for this team to go like eight and eight, nine and seven. The Everything that could go wrong would have to go wrong. And it has happened. It has happened. I can't believe that we're actually staring at eight and eight as a successful season right now. Like we did a pre- preview show. We're like, all right, they're going to beat this team. They're going to beat this team. They're going to beat this team. They're better than this team. And here we are halfway through the season. And their record is at basically zero and zero with a chance to make the playoffs, mind you. And it's not the way that we thought it would happen at all. Like the amount of injuries to significant players to starting with Bosa, then D Ford, then Jimmy, then Debo was already out. Then you have Mostert's injury. Then you have injuries along your, your other receiver group. Like you have, you have Debo going out again with the hamstring. Then you have Kittle breaking his foot. Then you have Jimmy going out a second time. Like, then you have guys that have Jeff Wilson, the backup, going out as well. Tevin Coleman's out. Again, like, I just, I cannot emphasize how much it bothers me that they were casual about losing the Super Bowl. And this is why. Because this is why teams don't make it back. Because you played a full season played balls out for a full season, went balls out for an off season because you got so close last season. And this is what happens. This happens to so many countless Super Bowl losing teams. Okay. Unless you have Tom Brady, unless you have that one player, basically the best player in the game or a legend quarterback or a legend player at a, a key position, you are not going to break that curse because for whatever reason that follows the Super Bowl loser around. Happened to the Niners when they lost to the Ravens. They did get to the championship game, but they didn't get back to the Super Bowl after that until this past year. And for me, Al, 
I'm looking at this team and the season's basically over. It's done at this point. Jimmy's done for the year. Well, he's done for six weeks, but that's essentially the year. There's eight weeks left. Kittle is done for the year for sure. He's done for eight weeks and through playoffs, he may be able, may or may not be able to come back. But if, with foot injuries, you never know. And you're looking at where this team is headed in the offseason. We're already talking about draft picks. We're already talking about who, what's going to happen with Jimmy next year. Is he gone? Is he not? And like you said, we'll get into that. But my frustration is twofold here. It's at what's happened this season. And it's at the fact that when they had the chance to strike when the iron was hot, they totally, totally blew it. And then Kyle Shanahan came out after that game and said, we didn't blow anything. Nobody died and had a casual attitude about it. Maybe privately he was suffering and maybe privately he was not thinking about it in the same way. But the, what, the, what he put forth in the media, which is what we know, which is what we see, was totally casual and nonchalant. And that was a, the wrong attitude at the time to put out. And this is why. So I'm not blaming Kyle Shanahan for this. Like he, he gets a share in the blame for like the struggles, but the injury part of it, nobody could control that. That's just dumb luck. And here we are. We're basically halfway point through the season. We thought that they would be at least, at least have six or seven wins by this point. And they've got four uh, tough loss at, a loss at Seattle again. We weren't expecting them to win, but I didn't expect to do like that. Like the, the offense was abysmal. And this is Kyle Shanahan's group. This is Jimmy's group. And they, they should be ashamed of that performance offensively against the worst ranked defense in the league. And one of the worst past defenses in the history of the NFL to this point. Totally shameful. And, and the most frustrating part of it is this is the second time now in four weeks that we've seen them not show up, mm-hmm. that we've seen them look non-competitive against the Dolphins and then it looks like oh they turn their season around against the Rams and the Patriots and then again yesterday not non-competitive that's got to fall on the coaching staff to some degree to some degree they didn't look ready to me but were there some opportunities early there were and that's going to lead me into really the big topic really the huge topic and it's it's not going to go away as a Jimmy Garoppolo thing and let me explain where I am and I think I'd say I think you're in a different spot than I am and we'll give you an opportunity, obviously, to, to, to answer what I'm going to say here. But mm-hmm. what I saw early in that game was, well, let's talk about a couple things here. First, they were moving the ball in the first drive, and Kyle does that inexplicable third down play. Mm-hmm. The Wildcat with McKinnon. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. That was a terrible call. Niners are driving. They should have come away with points there, even if it's a field goal. Can't do that against Seattle. Then the next drive, Grapple throws the interception. Grapple also missed Kittle. I forget if it was on the first or the second drive. Forgive me, but... Should Kittle have caught it? Sure, but the throw was high, wide. It was a tough catch. And then Garoppolo throws just a terrible interception when he had Kendrick Bourne streaking wide open down the middle of the field. We all know Jimmy doesn't like to throw 10, 15 yards downfield. Just doesn't do it because he doesn't see the field. And look, I know he's got the bad ankle. I think he was good enough to play until he re-injured it. I know he's struggling through injuries, but you know what? A lot of quarterbacks are struggling through injuries. And then my thing with Garoppolo is, listen, I have you listen to me on this podcast. You've seen me on, you've seen me on Twitter. I stuck up for Jimmy over and over and over again. And what I said was he had a good season last season. And he did coming off the ACL. He had a good regular season. Were there issues? Yeah. And maybe I talked myself or explained away a lot of these issues. Cause I, I was also vocal in that. I thought he put the garbage in the playoffs. I didn't think he saw the field. I thought he threw too many interceptable balls. I thought Shanahan took the ball out of his hands because he didn't trust him. I said, you know what? It was a bad stretch. It happens. I expect him to be a smarter QB in, in year two. I expect him to play better. I expect him to know this offense, and he isn't that at all. His mechanics are terrible, terrible. Even before the injury, he's thrown off his back foot, floating passes. He doesn't throw the ball where it should go. He takes these checkdowns. You could see on the, on the film, it looks like he's seeing these guys that are open. Like his, his eyes look like they're going there, but he doesn't throw the ball. He's either unwilling or unable to throw the ball downfield. And I don't mean 40 yards. I don't mean Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson throwing these dimes 40 yards downfield. I don't mean that. I mean 15 yards. I mean 20 yards. The plays are there to be made. The plays were there to be made in the Super Bowl. I thought the plays were there, the plays were there to be made yesterday. And yeah, the O line hasn't been great. But here's the thing with Garoppolo, and I think this is maybe this just sums it up all for me. Is he's he doesn't make people around him better. Russell Wilson makes the people around him better. Pat Mahomes, you know, these quarterbacks make the people around him better. Jimmy doesn't do that. Jimmy plays well within a system. And if everything is right around him, he's fine. He's a starter. He's a decent starter. He's a mid-tier starter. But if things aren't right around him, you see what happens. And for the people who are like, oh, well, you know, Al, you know, you got to give him a break. Matt Mayoko was one of the most 
level-headed people when he's reporting. And he wrote an article today, and I'm going to read you what he wrote. You know, you read between the lines here. It's about Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo was scheduled to make more than $25 million in salary and bonuses in both of the next two seasons, but his production simply has not justified that level of compensation. General Manager John Lynch and Coach Kyle Shanahan will have to make a difficult decision after the season. But is it really a difficult decision? Garoppolo proved to the 49ers decision makers he was worthy of his contract as the team's franchise quarterback following his impressive five-game stint at the end of 2017. However, Garoppolo never took his game to a higher level, and that is the biggest disappointment of all. He was good during the 49ers run of the Super Bowl last season, but he was never automatic, which Shanahan, Shanahan's expectation of any starting quarterback who has been in the system for multiple years. Garoppolo, at his best, was, in, was an accurate in the, short game, in, in the short passing game, but too often he did not throw decisively or with anticipation. He never made the expected big leaf in production. He never seemed to get better after he experienced his success immediately following his arrival in Santa Clara. If Mayoko is saying that, the writing's on the wall, because Matt doesn't say things like that unless the writing's on the wall. So Zane, I know you maybe feel a little bit differently about Jimmy, but that's kind of where I am with Jimmy right now. I'm just, I just think it's better if they move in a different direction next year. So I think most of the fan base is kind of echoing what you're saying. I think it took you longer to get there because both you and I were kind of in his corner for for a long time. Now I'm I'm trying to organize my thoughts on on everything that I've seen for the past two days and everybody I've responded to, and I, I staunchly supported Jimmy through all of his struggles and even this season, but the, the, this is the difference here that the ankle clearly bothered him. We know this. Okay. Because if the ankle didn't bother him, why were they throwing checkdowns and one yard passes and relying on the running game for, for two games and two wins? Kyle knew this. He, the ankle clearly bottled, bothered him against the dolphins. They rushed him back. And I'm not saying this is an excuse. I'm saying I'm, I'm addressing the injury first and then we'll talk about his play because now he's out for the season. So we can talk about the injury first. Um, so the ankle clearly bothered him and does it have an effect on your accuracy? Yes, no, maybe so. I mean, he was never a terribly accurate quarterback to begin with. Uh, the difference with Jimmy is that when he came here in 2017, as Matt Mayoko said, he basically took a team and put it on his shoulders for five games. And he was like, I'm going to will you to victory. He was that player. He was the tide that made all the boats in the Harbor rise at that point in 2017. And everybody is like, wow, this guy's awesome. He's great. Let's give him a contract. He's going to continue that. And while he did not continue that level of success or that level of play, 2018 was basically a wash, right? He tore the ACL three games and you can't, you can't evaluate a quarterback off three games, right? That's too, way too small of a sample size. Mm-hmm. 2019 comes in and he basically becomes, uh, I would say for most people, they would say like a glorified game manager for Kyle, right? Although there were several games where he won himself because he was throwing the ball where the, the, the running game was not working. Uh, both Arizona games plus the that famed New Orleans game plus the the Rams game um, here uh, in San Francisco. So in the Seattle game, last game of the year in Seattle, he was in the Seattle game. He was terrific. He's yep. fantastic yep. in that game. He's he was twenty two twenty five two hundred yards. Uh, he had that uh, was it a throw to Debo that little reverse? No, it was a reverse. Debo ran for a touchdown. So really, that those five games, those handful of games, you saw like that Jimmy Garoppolo that we saw, you know, in the the first five games that we saw him here, but there's, there's so many issues to unpack with Jimmy. It's like, where do you start? Do you start with his inability to throw it downfield and, and hit open receivers? Do you start with the uh, mechanics and, and holding the football and not seeing guys? Do you start with the fact that he hasn't really progressed? I mean, there's so many things here that you can look at, but the, the first thing Al is that he's not, he hasn't been healthy. So it's like, how do you evaluate that? I mean, people say he is what he is at this point. And he misses people. It's like, okay, well, do you want to evaluate him when he's healthy or do you want to evaluate him when he's, when he's injured and, and hobbled and doesn't have his full toolbox? It's fine. That's not my question to answer, right? That's, that's up to the team, right? I'm just laying out the, the conversation. Mm-hmm. Here. But here's a good, here's a good to, to give you a rebut on that. You said you have to judge him when he's healthy and you're right. When has he been healthy? Got hurt in New England. Turned now twice in San Francisco. Two times in three years, right? He's played when he was supposed to be the starter. Three games, towards his ACL, he played nine. He was healthy last year. And then this year, he's basically been hurt since game two when he's, the season's over after five or six games. So that's another thing that, is, is, as you said, this isn't our, we don't make decision Kyle Shanahan will. But let's throw that question on there too. Is he injury prone? Do you have to take that into consideration? Yeah, and I think that's, that's another thing that they have to look at too. But when you look at the production, when he is healthy last year, like you said, he did fine. He looked, he looked, he looked like a serviceable NFL quarterback. So my question 
that that not to you, but the general rhetorical question I have is that how can you go from looking like what you looked like last year, which wasn't superstar status, but you had your moments last year, to not even like a serviceable NFL quarterback this year? How do you drop off that far? Like what happened between that year and this year? And I'll tell you what I think happened now. So Jimmy goes in the offseason. He lost the Super Bowl. We all know this. And like he, he had a really poor fourth quarter. Historically, the worst fourth quarter in terms of quarterback rating that any quarterback has ever had uh, in the Super Bowl. And he did miss some throws. And Kyle also had some curious play calls as well. And it wasn't all, all on Jimmy, but he did miss some throws at the end of that game. And, and nobody will he, will, he will be the first to tell people that. So we flash forward to this offseason. The, the, the 49ers are like, yeah, you're our guy, you're our guy, you're our guy. They start their flirtation with Tom Brady. And they start talking about Tom Brady, about bringing him in, top, start talking to his agent. All the while, Jimmy's sitting there saying, hey, I just went to a Super Bowl with you, and I just won a bunch of games for you in the regular season. Like, what the hell? I thought I was your guy. That, and then, that ends up not working out. And they go back to Jimmy like, oh, actually, you know, you were a guy all along. Well, if he, he was your guy all along. Al, let me pose this to you. For your job, which I will dis- which we'll keep, <laughs> now we will disclose what we do, but for our jobs, if anybody came in and said that, oh, you know what? You're the guy for the job, but let me see what this guy has. And they've committed to you and you know that they're committed, but they, but they look at somebody else and say, oh, you know what? Like, let me, let me look into and start kind of interviewing somebody else to see if they're better. How would you feel about that? Would you, would you start looking over your shoulder and have the same sort of passion and, and uh, invigoration going to work? Probably not. The, a, reasonable per- a reasonable person wouldn't. And the amount of money that a person has, that in itself doesn't mean that, you know, th- it's going to be like, oh, well, self-fulfilling prophecy. We're like, yeah, you're going to get paid. He was looking over his shoulder. That's where, that's where this whole thing started. Okay. And to me, when I look at Jimmy now, he just looks disinterested. Like he'll throw a pick on the sideline. Nobody's really picking him up. He just kind of like goes to the sideline, just goes and sits down. Like yesterday after he threw the interception, nobody was like dapping him up or anything like, good job. It's okay, Jimmy. To me, this goes deeper than, than Garoppolo being the quarterback or not the quarterback. To me, I feel like there's certain guys that are in this corner, certain guys that have given up on him on the team. And we've heard scouts and things from them saying that like, oh, he's not that good of a quarterback. But you have to look at all of these things that he's dealing with. And it just seems like he's totally disengaged. The fan base has turned on him. The fan base turned on him through the middle of last year, Al. Like we don't, we don't remember that, but there were questions about him and his ability halfway through last year. And that was halfway through his first season as starter. So moving forward, you're telling me that you, you fans gave Jimmy Garoppolo basically eight games in his full, first full season started before you decided that you wanted to get rid of him or that he wasn't good or limited or whatever you want to say about him. You're going to trust Kyle Shanahan, who passed on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes for the thought of Kirk Cousins to draft you a quarterback and learn in the Kyle Shanahan system, which we know takes more than one year to master. People say two years, right? The second year in his system. You're going to sit here for two years with the rookie throwing picks and interceptions and incompletions and hit, missing open receivers. When you didn't do that for eight games, you're going to do that for two years for another quarterback. That's what you're telling me. I have a hard time believing that. I have a hard time believing this fan base will ever settle on a quarterback, honestly. Because look, as limited as Jimmy is, he's won you 75% of games. So that's the bar, ultimately. I don't care about missed. Like We have all these all-22 warriors, these people showing video and clips and all this stuff. That's fine. That's, that's perfect. When the next guy comes in here, keep that same energy. When the next guy comes in here, I want to see every incompletion, every interception. I want to see everything analyzed to death because that's the bar that y'all set for the quarterbacks here. So if you're going to do it now, keep doing it when, when it goes forward. So to me, that's fine. Jimmy, Jimmy's gone to me. Like I, I think that he's done here. I think, I think that he's done. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo and the team comes to me about a restructure in the, in the offseason, I give him the middle finger and be like, trade me or release me. And he would be much better off in a place like New England because they can tailor that scheme to fit his strengths. Because right now, what they're doing here doesn't fit his strength. They're asking, they're, they're asking him to do certain things that he's not good at. Jimmy's an improviser. They take the ball out of his hands. He can't improvise for whatever reason. They turned him into Alex Smith. Either he became Alex Smith on his own or they turned him into Alex Smith. He went from Tony Romo, gunslinging. He literally reminded me so much of Romo, his first year here. Mm-hmm. Five games. He went from Tony Romo to Alex Smith. And I don't know if Kyle did that. I don't know if Jimmy did that on his own. I don't know if the injury spooked him. I don't know what it was. But the regression and the drop-off has been huge. 
And that's the thing. He just, he looks like Alex Smith to me now. It's the same thing. Alex Smith won a ton of games in our Harbaugh, right? Where did, you know, we talked about last week. Alex Smith won a ton of games in our Harbaugh. It's the same, it's the same thing. And they upgraded from, from him there. And Smith had a terrific team around him and Garoppolo had a terrific team around him. And, and now we're going to see it sucks because again, I just, I, I can't believe we're back here. Can't believe we're back here. Really thought they had a quarterback for four or five years here, at least. I really did. And, and now we're, I, I just can't believe it. From what this franchise has been through quarterback-wise the last 20 years, I cannot believe we're back here. We are. We are. And in the offseason, that's going to be the question. Who's going to be available? It's going to depend on what Kyle wants. It really is. We could, we could yell it from the highest mountain. It doesn't matter. If Kyle wants Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is available. Guess who's going to be the 49ers quarterback? Yep. Kyle wants Matt Ryan. He's available. Guess who's going to be the 49ers quarterback? That's just, just is what it is. I don't know that they're going to draft low enough to really get somebody in the draft that they could throw right in there. So it may be they may have to get a bridge get a bridge guy and then draft somebody in the second round or something like that. Maybe that bridge guy's a grapple. I don't know. Maybe they give him another year. But it's just the way it looks right now and, and the way Kyle sort of just managed him or, or whatever it is. Maybe Kyle has, has mismanaged him. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it's gotten to this point, but Kyle but it is. And, 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 Kyle absolutely mismanaged him, Al. Like, I mean, look, you every time Jimmy throws a pick, what does Kyle do? He takes the ball out of his hands. People are like, oh, well, he doesn't trust him. Look, Jimmy's never going to grow. He's never going to grow this way. Like, you, you let him do his thing in the first five games that he was here. And not surprisingly, he dominated. He, he basically won five games for you on a terrible team that was not doing anything. And then you, on the games that you had him freelance a little bit last year, he won those games for the most part. Like, look, Al, you're a parent. I'm a parent. When our kids are, are first learning how to walk, and they're starting to fall down and, you know, they're, they're like, you know, they fall down and may, they may bump their knee or something like that and start crying. Like, what do you do? Do you put them in a walker? Do you give them crutches or do you have them get up and walk again? Right. They're, no, they're, no, I, yeah. They're never but he did do that. So, so maybe it's a confidence thing because he played the crap in the playoffs and he played the way in week one that he played in the playoffs. And then he's, he's looked basically like that with, you know, a few things here and there. I played well against the Jets, but come on. I mean, come on. No, <laughs> you know, the, the Jets are absolutely terrible. Um, and then Miami was a train wreck, and he's played well the last couple of weeks, but it's been a lot of really, really short stuff and gimmicky the, stuff. The difference is, Al, as soon as he threw that pick against Minnesota, as soon as he threw that, Kyle took the ball out of his hands for the rest of the playoffs. And look, if you ever expect a quarterback to grow here, you have to let them go through their lumps. You have to let them learn. If a guy throws 10 interceptions in a game, it doesn't matter because he's learning. If he's a quarterback that's like, okay, well, like Matt Ryan, for example, right? Like we'll use him as an example. Or Stafford, they come here and they throw like 10 picks in a game, five picks in a game. It's like, all right, that guy's not going to learn any from, anything from that, right? He's, he's a veteran. But if you're talking about a young or inexperienced quarterback, Jimmy has 30 starts. That's nothing. He has, he has not even two seasons worth of starts under his belt. So if you want these guys to grow, you have to be able to take the handcuffs off of them when they make mistakes. Because what's going to happen is that you're going to handcuff them. And awesome, that's a great Band-Aid because you're giving them all these gadgets and things to help them win in the meantime. That's a Band-Aid. Because when you take that Band-Aid off and it's time for them to win a game like the end of the Super Bowl, when they needed Jimmy to step up and make a play, he couldn't do it because he, he doesn't have the ability because he's never learned because Kyle keeps putting the handcuffs on him. So this is, this is my frustration with the way that Kyle handled Jimmy. I'm not saying it's Kyle's fault that Jimmy's ineffective. That's fine. Jimmy, Jimmy sucks. Let's get rid of him. That's fine. I don't care anymore. I'm saying that Kyle, when he has the second chance of doing this, do it right because this may be your last chance of doing this. Well, that's a good point because if, if they get to the point where the, you know this season is this season, I know there's their injuries, but if there's another bad season after this one, and I look, I'm not saying Kyle's, you know, I like Kyle, but the quarterback thing, all of a sudden he's gotten a pass. He got a pass where he, he did not go after Mahomes or Watson because he was going to stay with Hoyer for a year and then go for Cousins. And everybody gave him a pass because Jimmy came in. And now Jimmy's struggling, and he's still he's not really getting a ton of slack. He's really not kind of getting a pass for this. Whatever yeah. happens, yeah. you know, I don't think a lot's going to come down on Kyle. doesn't no, seem it that way, right? Not at all. So Sorry, the next one, Zane, Zane is right here. And remember what Zane just said. Remember this date. The next one better work, mm-hmm. better work. If we're if we're moving on here, whether you draft someone and this is the guy you draft, or you bring in a bridge like a Matt Ryan or something for a couple of years, it, it, it better work. This 
this whole song and dance of musical chairs at quarterback because number one, they're, they drop off in talent or you mismanage them is so frustrating to watch because Kyle Shanahan is literally getting zero blame here because people look at the, they, they gave him all the credit when things go well, rightfully so. That's, that's great. The coach, you get the credit, but when things go south, they're like, oh, it's Jimmy. Jimmy's limited. Jimmy's holding them back. Jimmy's doing this. Fine. Jimmy's gone. Okay. Jimmy's gone next year. He may, he may or may not be gone. I think he's gone next year. Kyle gets to pick his own guy. This excuse, these, these excuses that Kyle Shanahan gets for the, the lack of quarterback play. Look, when it comes down to it, Al, what has Kyle Shanahan produced without Jimmy here in San Francisco? Nothing. Oh, he's been atrocious. Yeah, it's the, his record's atrocious. He's been well, excuse me, atrocious with him. Yeah. He's been terrible without Jimmy here. And that's ultimately what it is, that people talk about Jimmy and they're like, oh, we have to see if this guy's a one-year wonder. We have to see if this guy's a guy. Look, Kyle Shanahan is a brilliant offensive mind, one of the brightest offensive minds in the game today, if not the brightest. But he has to prove that he's more than that. Are you just an offensive mind? Are you, are you Norv Turner? Or are you going to be an actual football coach and motivate your team? And basically now you have a chance now at making the playoffs with the ragtag group. Let's see your coaching ability now, right? Like, let's see what you can do. Jimmy's going to be out of the picture. You're going to get your own quarterback that you handpick because we knew that Jimmy wasn't his guy. We knew the Cousins was his guy. We knew that. You're going to get him. Let's see what you can do. Can you open up your playbook? Can we stop with this excuse of, oh, your quarterback is limiting your playbook? When in reality, all quarterbacks have limitations, even Tom Brady. Every quarterback has some sort of limitation that their head coach has to scheme around. Unless you're some freak athlete, uh, or unless you have a rocket arm like Patrick Mahomes, where like your arm makes up for everything. Like people don't people don't realize this, right? Jimmy's getting killed. He's getting killed. The quarterback situation here is a problem. We've been hearing it for for a long time. Okay, fine. Jimmy's gone. What's Kyle going to do with the next guy? You're going to trust Kyle to develop a quarterback when he's never done that in his entire career. And don't talk to me about RG3 because RG3 was basically forced on him by Dan Snyder. And on top of that, they came up with a gimmicky offense where around RG3's limitations, they created an offense to help him run the ball. So when we're talking about what Kyle's going to do going forward, I have very little faith in Kyle to pick the right guy. I have a lot of faith in him to elevate the guy because that's what Kyle does. He'll elevate a guy for a couple of years, like, or a year. And then after that, they fall off. Like Matt Schaub is an example. Hoyer is an example. RG3, the second year, of course, he had the knee injury, but like he never came back after that. Matt Ryan had one really good year in a Kyle. People forget that first year that he had. He basically had a Jimmy year where he was, he like had like 21 touchdowns and 14 picks. He went eight and eight and threw for like 4,000 yards. That, that was like basically like a Jimmy year. And then the next year he wants the MVP. And that's, that's the year everybody looks at. But to me, like, how can you trust him to, to evaluate and develop a quarterback when you have talent sitting right in front of you at the number three pick in your first draft when you needed a quarterback and you passed? Like, are you going to do the same thing this time? Like, uh, everybody's talking about Trey Lance and the, Zach Wilson and all these guys in college. Like, oh, yeah, showing videos on Twitter and posting this and saying, like, oh, this will happen soon and this and that. What if Kyle passes on them? What are you going to do? What is what if uh, the, the fan base is so intent that oh quarterback is the problem? Are you going to bring in a new offensive line with that quarterback too? Are you going to somehow magically fix the injuries that are happening with that quarterback too? The problem is not just the quarterback here, Al. It's 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 much larger than that. The quarterback is part of the problem, but it takes time to develop a quarterback. They don't grow on trees. We did this exercise last week, Al. Remember that. We found about half of the league with viable starting quarterbacks that they kind of want to go forward with, right? Because we compared them to Jimmy. That's 15 right. out of 32 teams. What happened to the other 17 teams? That's over half the league that doesn't know what's going to happen with their quarterback situation or they have a subpar quarterback. It's not easy to find a quarterback in this league. And 49ers fans do not realize this. You're thinking that it's going to be an easy, easy switch with Kyle. He's going to find somebody who's going to work. That's not how it works. I hope I'm wrong. That's not how it works. And now we try to move forward, right? And now we see what the rest of the season is going to bring. And if they somehow pull out a win in the next two weeks and they go into the bye at five and five, they're still very much alive for a playoff spot. They really are. If they beat one of these, I don't know how they're going to do it. But if they beat the Packers or the Saints, they're very much alive for a playoff spot. And, and you can't pull a plug on a season where, where you have a chance. You just, you just can't. You can't do that. We'll see what happens. If they go into the bye at four and six, well, I still think they can get three wins at least at the end there, regardless of what happens. So 
you could be looking at a seven-ish win season at worst. I, I really do think they could pull out three more wins toward the, in the second half of the season. But still, now we have to figure out other parts of what, what this team has and who the hell is going to play center for this team next year, right? Grasso was terrible this week. Got to figure that out. Is Mike McGlinchey, is he good? Do we know? Do you want to resign Trent Williams? Things like that. We got to figure it out. Brunskill after a couple of games was bad again at guard. Do you need a guard? So all those things with the offensive line. One thing we do know is that they have a legitimate looking like a number one wide receiver. And it's been a long time since we saw a guy like Brandon Ayu, who had another really strong game. He's got 206 yards and 14 catches his last two games. He looks great. So you know what? Let's feature the hell out of him. Feature him. Let's see what you got. Give him the ball. And when Debo comes back, center your offense around those two guys. I know you're going to run the ball. I know you like to run the ball, even though you're like the fifth string running back too. But you got these two good receivers. When Debo's back and Ayuk's there, see what you got. And you know what? See what you got in Trent Taylor. See if he can play. Start getting these guys the ball. Let's have, have them all in slinging around. Let's go. Let's see what we can do. So I about the offense. On defense, again, I mean, you've been decimated by injuries. And you saw the domino effect Nick Bosa has. I'm going to read just stat. Because I put this out on Twitter today, and Eric Armstead has always been a good player. I've always argued that Eric Armstead was a good player, and I always thought he was a little bit underrated, to be honest with you. Um, he, he, you know, because he didn't put up big numbers, but I thought he was, he thought he was a good player. And then he has this breakout season last year, right? Ten sacks because he's got Buckner next to him, and he's got Ford there, and he's got Bosa there. But Eric Armstead for his career, his sack totals: two thousand and fifteen, two; two thousand and sixteen, two and a half; two thousand and seventeen, one and a half. 2018, three, 2019, 10, 2020, right now, three games, he has a sack and a half. He's basically been the same dude this year that he was his previous years before he had the big contract year. The Niners gave him a lot of money. Now, I know he's a good player. He, Eric Armstead's a good player, but for the money you gave him, he, they needed him to step up his game. They needed him to be star on that defense, and he, he is not. He is not. Another guy, Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward hasn't intercepted a pass since week 14 of 2016. He makes... Nine and a half million dollars this year. He's going to make 18.9 million in 2020, 2021. These good contracts. What are we doing with this stuff moving forward? Again, moving forward, they traded Quan Alexander today, another really terrible signing. They paid the guy 23 and a half million dollars. And I know you get a Super Bowl out of it. He played well at the beginning of last year and he maybe won some games for them with some turnovers that he created. But they paid 23 and a half million dollars for that. They're lucky or maybe just good that they got Dre Greenlaw to make up for that. But so they moved on from that. I'm just, I guess I know I'm throwing a lot out there, Zane, but we got to find out moving forward what, what the answers are, because I thought this team had a lot of answers. Now, without some of these big pieces, they're maybe looking, making guys look better than they are. I don't know if they have the answers in all the places anymore. I think it's so interesting to see what they're going to do the rest of the season. And uh, with regard to the, I'll start on the defense because that's the unit to me that's been decimated the most by injuries until this past weekend when they lost Garoppolo and Kittle for the year. But I think the defense and Robert Sala, I've been a critic of his for a little bit now, but I think that he's been doing a really good job with what he's been given. And he's literally lost half of his starting defense. And we're talking about impact players, stars. And he's still put together a unit that's top half of the league when we thought that they would be just awful and they would not be able to stop anybody. So huge credit to Robert Sala first. The second thing is that you don't really know what you're going to have next year because you have so many free agents too. And as you mentioned, the Quan Alexander trade, that kind of clears the, clears the way for a Fred Warner extension, which is coming and which probably will happen and will be a record deal most likely. And it clears the way for you to be able to have a little bit of maneuvering with signing some of these guys that are free agents next year. Like, so get this, Jukowski Tart. Richard Sherman, Akilah Witherspoon, Emmanuel Mosley, and Kwon Williams are all free agents next year. So yep. your top four, top four corners, although I think Witherspoon's gone, your top four corners and your starting strong safety are all free agents next year. So what do you do now? Tart's already injured, right? We know this. He's he's out. He was on IR, so he's he's already been hurt. Marcel Harris has played pretty decently in in his absence. Emmanuel Mosley has been pretty solid. I mean, DK Metcalf, you're not going to win that one-on-one battle. Nobody's going to win that one-on-one right. point. So it's hard to knock him for that, especially with no pass rush when you're just out on, out on an island. Although Perrette did, did do better against Metcalf. And you've got Jason Perrette, who's been looking like arguably the best player on defense, besides Fred, who's not named Fred Warner all year. And now it's just a ragtag bunch of linemen. Like, 
We expected Ronald Blair to be back. He's not back. He has sat back. You had Solomon Thomas, who has a torn ACL in the contract year. Bosa will be back next year. We know that. D Ford is up in the air. We don't know if he's going to play or not. I don't think we're going to see him in a 49ers uniform again. We'll probably get rid of him, or he'll come back at a much, much discounted rate. So you're going to see guys like Jordan Willis, who they just traded for, and DJ Jones a little bit more, who is a starter, but he has to play more snaps. Kinlaw's having to play more snaps and develop more. So I think that them seeing all these injuries, and honestly, what's kind of a lost year anyway, is like, I was like this year out, once we knew that no fans were going to be there, like, man, it's going to be really hard to kind of get into a playoff or championship scenario if there are no fans, honestly speaking. It's really hard for me sometimes to be in, into, into games when there's just no energy in the stadium. So that being said, I'm like, all right, this year's a do-over. You want to start Charlie Warner now on at, at tight end, see what he has, bring him up from the practice squad now that Kittle's out. Mullen's going to get an extended look. CJ's going to get probably another look, like the 10th or 12th look now at this point. And you get to see Ayuk and Debo develop. So really they're playing for next year and they're seeing what who they can develop in the meantime. But I think that guys like Tevin Coleman, he's gone. You're, you may see McGlinchey not get a second contract. They're going to redo the offensive line. Trent Williams, they may have enough to resign him. I think he's been fine. He hasn't really allowed that many pressures since that really poor game against the, the Dolphins. But it's just, you know, the end of the season in baseball, when they, when they call up all the players and the rosters expand to 40 and all the minor leaguers come up with like mm-hmm. number 79 and 64 and stuff like that. <laughs> That's essentially what's happening now with the 49ers. You're, you're using this as a red shirt year for a lot of guys and experience. I know they're not too far from a playoff spot, but this team is not going to contend in the playoffs, right? With the amount of injuries that they've had and the talent gap now, because of those injuries right now, you should develop the players that you have. Develop Nick Mullins. You know you don't know what you're going to get out of him for the next eight games, and see what we can get. I just can't mentally get there until the bye, though. And I know it's probably wishful thinking. I just if they steal one of these next two games, mm-hmm. and maybe you can get some guys back after the bye. Again, I don't think they're going to they're going to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> but you know maybe you can get to the, maybe you can get to the playoffs. Maybe maybe you can do it with the extra with the extra team. And I saw something today where if they lose more games to COVID, they could do a 16 game or 16 team playoff. So that's, that's another team that would get in. So maybe eight and eight gets the men. It, maybe it does. And the thing is, is that look, there was a, a Packers running one of the running backs tested positive for COVID this week. So they're talking about that Thursday game being in doubt and jeopardy. So if you give Nick Mullins a little bit more time to prep, and give Kyle a bit more time to scheme. We all know that Kyle does really well against his buddy, uh, Matt LaFleur in, in Green Bay. So that could be a game that you can steal. They lost to a hapless Vikings team in Green Bay last week. So it really depends on your running game and if you can get that going, because they can't defend the run. We know this. But it's looking really hard because the next game is in New Orleans, and that's the Quan Alexander game where he, he may or may not play. I don't think he's going to play. He's still an IR, I think. But if they can get there at five and five, Al, I mean, I'm like 20% in at that point on them making the playoffs. Like, I think they could make it because you've got Dallas and Washington on the back end of your schedule. You've got the Bills who ha- are up and down on the back end of your schedule. So who mm-hmm. knows? Who knows what can happen after that? If you can get to eight, if you look, if you can get to eight wins, you have a legitimate shot at making it this year. That's what their goal should be. If you can go four and four, 500 ball the rest of the way, which I think they can do they can get to the playoffs. And then once you get to the playoffs, who knows? What if Jimmy comes back and has his Jeff Hostetler moment where the starters out and Jimmy comes back in the back of the <laughs> Who knows, right? <laughs> who knows? Well, hey, listen, again, so now I know we just were having a, holding a funeral and now we're talking about playoffs, but what if Kittle's back at the end of the year? What yeah. if Jimmy's back at the end of the year? What if Mullins is playing well and they're running the ball and the offensive line plays? It's, it's possible this team could still get to eight or nine wins. It really is. Because then they have they have three division games left, and they're one and two in the division right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they go one and five in the division, I mean, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. But if they steal one more win, who knows what division games? And what if Seattle's got nothing to play for at the end of the season? Yeah. What if they beat the Cardinals because the Cardinals are the Cardinals? Mm-hmm. They took it to the Rams last time. You know, there's there's all kinds of different scenarios here. So, yeah, it sucks, but we were. Singh's team was done through, you know, four weeks ago too. So I, all I'm saying is, let's see what happens. If they get to, if it's four and six at the bye, it, it, it's going to be pretty difficult. But let's see what happens next two weeks. I, I guess as frustrated as we all are, 
I don't know. Maybe that's just me trying to grasp at straws or grasp at hope right now. I, I don't have any idea. But let's see what happens, I guess, in the next two weeks and hope that there's just something to hang our hat on. Yeah, it's been the most... The funny thing is, Al, when you look at 8-8 eight eight teams, they, they play like this. I remember the last Harbaugh year, and the Niners were just like this, where they they won a bunch of games that were against tough teams, and then you go and lose against the Raiders and just get embarrassed by them. And you lose against, I think they lost against Washington too. Uh, that game where Kaepernick was on the goal line and he tried to get in and he fumbled on the goal line. Like they just had these foolish losses that you're like, how did you lose that game? And they end up at eight and eight. I think eight and eight teams do that where they'll look great sometimes and they'll look awful other times. And that's why they're eight and eight. So really it's this, it's, I know we said call time of death on the season. Really. I mean, that's kind of ultimately what I believe, but there's also the chance math that mathematically that you could make it again, like you said, with the eighth team being added, possibly, which I think should be done anyways, because that's weird to have seven teams. Um, we're going to see maybe more teams making the playoffs that shouldn't be there. So even seven and nine, Al, honestly, depending on the way things go, because nobody's separating themselves at the, at the bottom. Teams keep losing. No. And then you have teams like Chicago that are just like, they keep falling back that aren't that mm-hmm. kind of early record with weak wins and they keep falling back to you. So like Detroit was one of those teams that we thought that would make a surge. They lost the three and four. So that, that final playoff spot, there's going to be a lot of competition for that. And there's a chance that the, the Niners could get in. And if they do out, I mean, really with a, a decent defense and a running game, that's, that's something that could take you far in the playoffs. So we'll see. All right. So let's have some fun with this real quick. Let me, let, let me look at the standings here. Let's, let's do this to ourselves right now. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's make ourselves suffer. And then let's go back and look at it like four weeks from now and talk about how stupid we were. Let's look at the standings. All right. The NFC East, one team is getting in. Nobody else is Philly will probably go like seven to nine and get in. Nobody else is getting in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Green Bay is five and two. That's a 10 or 11 win team at least, probably, right? Right. So that's two. That's two teams in the playoffs. You got your two division winners. Mm-hmm. Then you have Chicago at five and three. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears finish at seven and nine. Right. I really wouldn't. I just, they're, it seems like they're free falling. It seems like they don't have any answers right now. I would not be surprised to see that team just, yeah, fall on its face. I would not be surprised at all. They got to play Minnesota. They got to play Tennessee. They got to play Green Bay. Yeah, de- definitely. I could see that team falling out of it. Let's give them, let's give them eight and eight right now. Detroit, three and four. I'm not, not worried about them. Minnesota, two and five. They're going to make a run. But right now you have two two definite playoff teams, right? All we're really seeing. New Orleans and Tampa. Let's say Tampa wins that division, and I think New Orleans is a ten win team they get into. Right. That's the three division winners. Now you have one one for sure wild card that I can see. Mm-hmm. Carolina's three and five. No. I don't really see them making a run. Falcons two and six. I think they're done. Mm-hmm. Seattle six and one. Seattle's probably going to win this division. So you have your four division winners. You have one wild card, right? So you have three wild cards left, right? Right now. Mm-hmm. Am I right? No, two, two, two wild cards because we gave New Orleans a wild card. Okay. So then the wild card will probably be between the last two wild cards will probably be between the Bears, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Niners. So the Niners do have their – if the Niners win their division games, if they can beat the Rams, if they can beat the Cardinals and they win those games against Washington and, and against – I don't think that the bills have not looked good at all lately um, against Dallas and they get to eight and eight that the season is still alive. It really, really is as, as crazy as it is. It's still alive. So we have to remember the Rams haven't played any division games besides the four Niners. They haven't played any of those. They've got, they have not their own one in the division. What, yeah, they, right. So that that's going to change. That could change a lot of things around. Yep. They, they still have to play the entire division. Uh, same thing. Well, Seattle's played two. The Niners have played three yeah and Arizona's uh, played two as well yeah, yeah. so this is the, I mean these teams are going to start beating up on each other right so the losses are coming either Seattle's going to come back to you a little bit or the Rams and the Cardinals will also come back to you a little bit so the Rams the Rams see that's the one I, I feel like that the Niners can have right I think they can leapfrog them so they lost to the Dolphins this week in, in particularly embarrassing fashion Tua got that win by the way so the, the Rams play the Seahawks next Seahawks are going to win that okay or it's a toss-up either way one of those teams comes back to you then the Rams play the Buccaneers. In in Tampa. five and five quick. 
Yep, in Tampa. Then the Rams and the Niners play again on November 29th. Which could and be the biggest game of the season. Which could be the biggest game of the season. Spot, yeah. Then the Rams play the Cardinals the following week. Then they end with the Patriots and Jets, which are two gimmies. Mm-hmm. Then they play the Seahawks in Seattle on December 27th. And then they end the season against the Cardinals at home. So this, Al, this, if the Niners can hang and if they can basically stay at 500 ball the rest of the way, they're very much in this thing. Because yeah. that's, the team, that's the team, the Rams, that they can beat. And the Cardinals, like, I mean, you know, you look at the Cardinals, I'm trying to look at their schedule here. I can't believe we're doing this. It's our I show. We do whatever the hell we want to. Yeah, I can't believe we're doing this. I'm just saying we're done. So they, they play the Dolphins, the Bills, uh, and the Seahawks the next three games. Okay. So we're on a Taylor Swift like range of emotions right now. We're, know, we are we all over the place. We are all over the place. They play the, 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 the Bills, the Cardinals, uh, sorry, Bills, Seahawks, and Patriots the next three games. Then they got the Rams. The Giants is a freebie. The Eagles is a freebie. Then they play the Niners on the, the 27th, right? That was the game we were talking about. And they end the season uh, against the, 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 the Rams. So um, there's at least three to four losses coming towards them. Right now, I can that I can see. And then the Bears, finally, that's the third one, right? We're doing this, so the Bears. Yeah, yeah we're doing this, yeah. The Chicago Bears, it's funny because I was, I was just in Chicago for most of the first month of the season. All right, so they got the Titans in Tennessee, which is going to be a huge test for them. The Vikings at home, that's a win. Packers on the road, that's going to be tough. Lions at home, that's a toss-up, but, but they usually beat the Lions. Texans at home. Vikings on the road, Jaguars on the road, and Packers uh, at home. Three so and five. Three and five? <laughs> they're going to go three and they're going to be eight and eight. We eight and eight? So you see, okay, Tennessee, Green Bay, um, they're going to lose to the Packers twice. Tennessee, Green Bay, the Packers twice, and then one more loss. It's either the Vikings, Lions, or Texans. Yeah, th- those division games, man. Uh, I think the, Bear- the Bears have a lot of problems right now. Yeah, I mean they've got so two I can, games, right? So maybe nine and seven, eight and eight. There, I think they're going to end up around there. Okay, so this will be interesting. So, this will be super interesting if the Niners can stay afloat. Can't wait. You guys remember this when the Niners make the playoffs? Remember the day that <laughs> I did this for you? It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Um, you want to give out a game ball? Sure. Um, got a game ball. Um, you can give it to, I know who you're going to give it to. Actually, you go first. You, because I took game I'm not ball. giving it to anybody. Nobody's getting a game ball from me. Ayuk gets my game no ball. No game ball. Ayuk. Okay. I, I like that. I, I like that. He played well. He played well. I mean, I think, I think what you said earlier between my ranting, I think what you said earlier is true. We're looking at a star, a budding star. Like, I love Debo. Debo is actually my favorite receiver on the 49ers because of the way he plays. He reminds me of a, of a, of a baby Bolden. But Ayuk is probably the most talented. And has the biggest star potential because he just makes those wild plays. The route that he ran on Quentin Dunbar, who was a Pro Bowl corner last year, Quentin Dunbar, and just undressed him in the end zone was fantastic, beautiful. And yeah, the quarterback to get in the ball, I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm not giving a game ball to anybody. I'm too mad. I'm still too mad. Maybe I'll give out two next week, but yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still too angry. And then prediction for this week. Oh man! You know what? I'm gonna. They're gonna win. They're gonna win. They're gonna win. Yeah, thirty to twenty-seven. They're not gonna. <laughs> with the, with everything that they what they've the amount of injuries that they've had, they're, they're gonna win. We're gonna make the playoffs. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm marking it down. I'm saying it. I'm picking the Niners. I'm just gonna do it. November first. Okay. So um, yeah, finally lost it. <laughs> November no, no to say the second November second two thousand twenty. Al's lost it. Oh man, with election day coming up too. That the day the day before the election, Al has lost it. I completely lost it. And I'm sober on top of it. <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, they're, not, really they're, they're not gonna they're not gonna be great. Like Aaron Rodgers, you embarrassed him twice last year. Twice, once in the championship game, you ended his season. Think he's, about how embarrassed he's gonna be when the Niners win this game. Thirty twenty seven. <laughs> I want to say the Niners. Okay, so I was unfortunately we were both right last week. One of us is going to be wrong this week. This is what we should do so that one of us feels good and one of us is like, okay, if the other one feels bad, that's fine because at least we won, right? So I'm just saying the Niners lose. 
I'm going to say they're going to lose uh, 27-17. Uh, if they lose, I'll shave my head. <laughs> I'm bald for the listeners that don't know or haven't seen me. So I shave my head anyway. Nice. I'll I, I, I want to say one thing before we get, get out of here. So I think it's important that we, as 49ers fans, keep things in perspective here. Like I know it's frustrating because the quarterback play and everything and, and Jimmy and, and that we basically thought he was the guy and he's not the guy. I know it's very frustrating about that, but we have to understand that if you want a guy gone, you have to have a play, a plan in place to replace him. And if the 49ers and Kyle Shannon and John Lynch don't see a quarterback out there because you can't have pie in the sky, oh, trade for Matt Ryan, trade for XYZ player, trade for Aaron Rodgers. You can't have these ideas. This is not Madden. If they don't see a viable option to replace him, they're not going to do it. They're really not. And that's what it comes down to. And that's not what people want to hear. That's certainly not what I want to hear. I want a better, I want better quarterback play, whether it comes out of Jimmy or somebody else. But if they don't have a viable plan to replace him, they're not going to do it. And Kyle Shanahan doesn't like rookie quarterbacks. He doesn't, like, especially those high-round rookie quarterbacks, because he's been quoted as saying this year, when he was talking about Kirk Cousins around Super Bowl time, that he didn't like those quarterbacks, those quarterbacks being Watson and Mahomes, because there's such an unknown behind them. And when you have a veteran quarterback, you know what you're getting with them. And you know their abilities and you know a lot of that stuff. And Kyle Shanahan is going to hitch his quarterback, his wagon to the next quarterback of the 49ers, whether it's Jimmy or somebody else. And if he fails at that, that's a huge black eye for him. So he has to get it right. So that being said, if they don't have a proper replacement plan in place and how they want to execute it for a team that is in a championship window, in my opinion, they're not going to do it. And they've got to, they, they know they've got to do it right. Kyle Shanahan is exceedingly smart. He's an intelligent individual. He knows this. So. Before we start killing people on Twitter and all this stuff and asking for this, that, or the other in the draft, know this, that if they don't have a plan that they're comfortable with, you're probably seeing Jimmy back in the 49ers, 49ers uniform next year at a reduced cost. It's really going to complicate things when Nick Mullins does four touchdown passes Thursday night, Niners win <laughs> 30 to 27. You're still it's really, it's really oh, hey, maybe it's Mullins. Maybe it's Mullins, right? Like maybe he's the bridge. We never know, right? That, that he's, he's also a free agent as well. He's shown that he can get it done. What if Mullins goes out and the Niners make the playoffs under Nick Mullins? Then it's like, all right, cool. This is our bridge. Crazier things have happened. We're going we're gonna to find out in the next eight weeks. So, exactly. all right, we got to get out of here before we say anything else that's <laughs> crazy. All right, everybody. I'm sorry you're going through this. Um, have a drink. I don't know. 2020 sucks, but we're here for you. We'll be back next week. Till next time. <laughs>